be purified. My name is Andy, one of the pastors here. Happy New Year, 2023, I think. Uh, I'm glad that you have joined us together to worship the Lord. Um, You would have had Pastor Jesse this morning, but he is sick, called me yesterday and uh, said, I can't do it. And so um, I I told him to stay home because I don't want what he has. Um, So you get me and I've pulled out a message from the archives that we're going to share with you this morning. We'll be in Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 27. I thought it would be nice to start the new year uh, with wisdom for the new year. Usually in January, around this time, uh, people are thinking about New Year's resolutions and things like that. And So let's look at the book of Proverbs and see what wisdom God has for us for the new year. While you're finding Proverbs chapter 4, uh, verse 20, um, I wanted to share uh, a resource with you. This book is called Fly Fishing for Dummies. Uh, when I was a kid growing up in Missouri, Uh, I wanted to fish. Nobody really in my family was into fishing, so I was trying to figure it out on my own. And I really don't remember how I found out about fly fishing in particular, um, but I didn't know anything about it, and it looked cool. And so I got this nice book, uh, Fly Fishing for Dummies. I still have it. Uh, In here, it has everything that I need to know, uh, uh, that anybody needs to know to get started fly fishing. Uh, Anybody read a Four Dummies book? Uh, these These are good. Um, it's like instructions for normal people. (laughs) God has a book in the Bible that he could have titled Life for Dummies. Um, Instead, he titled it Proverbs. Uh, You know, I would have called it Life for Dummies, but God's smarter than me. So uh, he called it Proverbs, and the book of Proverbs is all about how to live life the way God designed life to be lived. Right? It's all about wisdom, how to, how to live life the way God designed life to be lived. And um, before we get into this, uh, let me just take a side to say, um, the Bible is meant to be obeyed. And you might say, well, duh. But you would be surprised at the number of Christians that I talk to on a regular basis that have never connected the dots between what this book says and how I'm supposed to live or what this book says and what I'm supposed to think is right or wrong, or what this book says and how I should vote or how I should relate to other people or how I should think or what I should do with my life. We've never really connected, a a lot of people never connect the dots to that. Instead, a lot of Christians come to the Bible the way that many of us came to our physics book in high school. You know, it's great that velocity does this and and some equation, and that's great. Now, what are we having for lunch? (laughs) Right? The the knowledge, the information in that physics book has no real relevance to the way that I live my life. And and many Christians approach the Bible kind of that way. It's good stories, some good suggestions, interesting things in this book. Okay, now, what are we having for lunch? Like what? So as we get into Proverbs, particularly, we have to acknowledge that the Bible is meant to be obeyed. It's meant to be put into practice. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So the Bible is God's word. It's authoritative. We're supposed to obey it. Proverbs in particular is like God's 
Life for Dummies book. We're supposed to live it out. Otherwise, it doesn't work. Um, okay, let's get into Proverbs and see what it is. Proverbs is all about wisdom. The easiest definition for wisdom that I've ever come up with is, or, or come across is skill at life. Wisdom is skill at life. Uh, the word for wisdom, the Hebrew word for wisdom is the word chokmah. Uh, that word is used in all kinds of settings and contexts. For example, chokmah uh, in leather working. You have skill or wisdom in working leather. Chokmah in stone cutting. You have skill or wisdom in being a mason or a stone cutter, right? Uh, in Proverbs, chokmah or wisdom is about skill at living life. Uh, this is why people who, tend, who are older tend to have more wisdom because they've had more practice at living life. They've gotten good at living life. They have more skill. They've developed it more. Uh, and, and Proverbs is all about wisdom. It's all about living life the way God created life to be lived, right? If, if, we wanna, if I want to be a, a stone cutter or a mason and I want to have good uh, skills in, in that uh, field, I need to learn the right way to cut the stones, the right way to lay the stone, the, the bricks or whatever. Uh, if I do it the wrong way, it's not going to work the way it's supposed to work. If I want to have skill at life, I need to talk to God who invented life and find out how he invented life to work. And then I live his way. That's wisdom. That's skill at life. Proverbs is full of principles that give us the wisdom for life. Now, let me say something about principles. Principles are not the same thing as rules. Rules are for the young and the immature and the not wise, (laughs) right? Principles are for the mature and the wise. Um, So if you think about it this way, rules are what parents give their kids when their kids are little. Very, very specific rules. Don't play with sharp knives. Don't play with matches. Uh, Don't run out into the street. Don't leave the yard. Don't talk to strangers who ask you to leave the yard so you can get candy, even if they pull up in front of your house in a horse and carriage, which happened at my house a few weeks ago. Uh, And, you know, and so parents give their young children very specific rules. But as the kids grow and mature and understand more about life, the rules become principles. Be safe. Well, that's a very broad principle that can be applied in a thousand different contexts. Don't drive too fast. Uh, you know, don't, don't go uh, where you shouldn't go in life. Don't hang out with the wrong kind of people, whatever. Like all these be safe, be responsible. These are principles that are very broad and can be applied in a lot of different contexts. That's how the book of Proverbs works. It gives us principles So that as we mature in our faith and as we grow in our wisdom, we learn how to apply these principles at work, at school, at home, in our families, with our friends, when we're by ourselves, in all these different circumstances, as we face various decisions and things to do in life, we learn the wisdom to apply the principles. Um, So principles are not the same thing as rules and Proverbs are full. Proverbs is full of principles. Another thing about principles. Principles are not promises. Okay, so uh, principles are generally true most of the time, and the outcomes of those principles are generally true most of the time, but principles are not promises. And if we read Proverbs like promises instead of principles, we're going to get frustrated. So here's an example. Um, Proverbs, many different Proverbs teach us the importance of 
working hard and not overspending. And the principles that they teach say, if you work hard and you don't spend too much, you will grow in wealth. And that is generally true most of the time. But we all know that there are many factors that affect our affluence, right? Uh, Our prosperity. The, The market, the stock market could crash. Your house could lose 20% of its value in a year. You could lose your job. Uh, You could get sick and not be able to work. There are a whole bunch of different factors. So if somebody says, well, God promised in the book of Proverbs that if I work hard and don't spend too much, I'll get rich. And I worked hard and I didn't spend too much and I didn't get rich. Therefore, God lied. No. Proverbs are principles, not promises. They are generally true most of the time. So you have to understand the right way to read them. Uh, So these are principles that give us skill at life or wisdom. They teach us how God created life to work. Um, Let's read the Proverbs passage for this morning. It's Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 to 27. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. For they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. I want to pull out one verse that's kind of the key point in this little text, and it's verse 23, which says, Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Now, the way that's written in the original Hebrew, it literally says, More than all guardings, guard your heart. Beginning of a new year, we're thinking about New Year's resolutions. Uh, We're thinking about what do we want to do this year? Well, the wisdom from the book of Proverbs, life for dummies, is this. More than anything else, guard your heart. Now, why would the Proverbs say that that is the most important thing to look out for? Because from it, from your heart, flow the springs of life. Everything in your life flows out of your heart. Your heart is the source of your thoughts. It's the source of your uh, attitudes, your emotions, your values, your decisions, your words, right? Everything comes out of your heart. This is exactly what Jesus was talking about in Luke 6.45 when he said a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Right? Whatever is in your heart, whatever your heart is full of, will eventually come out of your mouth. Whatever your heart is full of will eventually come out in your thoughts. It will eventually come out in your attitudes. It will eventually come out in your relationships. It will eventually come out in your actions. The heart is the source of the rest of your life. It's the spring that feeds the rest of your life. And if the source becomes polluted, everything downstream becomes polluted. Right? If, if you have a dirty spring, the rest of the river is dirty. It doesn't matter if you pull tires out five miles downstream. If the source is polluted, the whole creek is polluted, right? Uh, I, I saw in the news that Jackson, Mississippi uh, has another boil order this week. I don't know if you followed them uh, through the summer. There was all kinds of 
dirty water issues in Jackson, Mississippi. They actually ran out of bottled water to hand out um, because nobody could drink the water for a long time. Similar to 2014, almost a decade ago, in Flint, Michigan, when the, the water was polluted with lead and people were drinking it and getting sick, right? You pollute the source, everything downstream is polluted. One of my favorite trout streams uh, in the last couple of years has had a new housing development go in. Um, right alongside it. And I've noticed the quality of that stream has significantly declined. There's more trash in the stream. It's dirtier. There's less fish, right? Why? Because there's stuff coming out of that housing development and somehow making its way into that, the, the creek and it pollutes everything else downstream. That's the idea behind verse 23. Keep your heart with all vigilance. For from it flow the springs of life. That's the big idea. That is uh, the wisdom for the year. My question is, how do we do that? How do you guard your heart? How do you protect the spring that feeds the rest of your life? And this passage in Proverbs gives us a few principles for doing that. First of all, guard your heart by listening to truth. Protect the spring that feeds your life by tuning your ears to what is right. Look at verse 20. My son, be attentive to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. And then verse 24. Put away from you crooked speech and put devious talk far from you. These verses go together. On the one hand, he says, pay attention to what I'm telling you. These words of wisdom that come from God. And get rid of the crooked talk and devious speech that others are telling you. So tune into truth, tune out trash. That's the idea, right? That's what he's getting at. If you want to guard your heart, guard what comes in through your ears. Trash, uh, tune out the trash, tune into the truth. When I was in college, I went to a, a small Baptist college. It's where I met Corinne um, in Missouri. And I lived on campus and in the dorms, there were rules about what kind of movies you could watch. It was, a Christian, it was a Christian college. And there was one weekend I was watching a movie. It wasn't particularly um, bad. It just had a lot of really bad language in it, um, which I, I'm not even going to tell you the movie because I don't think you should watch it. But anyway, uh, I didn't always make good decisions when I was in college. I was, walking, I was watching this movie. Um, it had a lot of really bad language. And I, and I, dumb, I had my dorm room open, my door open. And so Joe Banderman, the dorm dad, happened to walk by uh, and overhear some of the profanity that was coming out of my room. And he poked his head and he said, what are you watching, Andy? And I was caught red-handed. I was watching a movie that violated the school's rules. He could have busted me. I could have gotten in trouble. And instead, what Joe said is, trash in, trash out. And then he just walked away. And that really started me thinking, Trash in. If I'm filling my head with all that trash all the time, what's going to come out my mouth? Trash. That's it. Trash in, trash out. That's the point. Guard your heart. Keep the source pure by guarding what comes into your ears. Listen to what is good. Tune out the trash. So question as we start 2023, what crooked speech or devious talk do you need to tune out this year? Think about the TV shows that you watch, the movies that you watch. 
the music that you listen to, right? Think about the conversations that you have. Is this trash or is this truth, right? What do we need to tune out this year? And then tuning in the truth, how are we planning to bring God's word into our lives in 2023? We have to be intentional about that because it doesn't happen by accident. I don't suddenly have God's word downloaded to my brain while I sleep. If I'm not intentional about it, I won't have God's word in my life all that much in 2023. So we have Bible studies that are starting up in January. We have gospel communities that are starting up next week. Uh, These are great places where you can begin to get God's word into your lives. Uh, Whether it's uh, reading your Bible in your quiet time or reading a devotional. Uh, Members of the congregation have been writing devotionals through the Psalms. Uh, for a Lenten devotional like we produced last year. And that's going to be finished up very soon, and then we'll be giving those away for anybody that wants one uh, this year as we approach the Lenten season. If these are ways that we are trying to equip you and encourage you to get God's word into your life so that you can tune out the trash and tune in the truth and guard your heart. Uh, second principle, guard your heart by looking at what or who is Christ-like. Protect the spring that feeds your life by fixing your eyes on what or who is right. Look at verse 21. Let them, meaning his words, let them not escape from your sight. Keep them within your heart. And then in verse 25, he says, let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. So he's talked about filtering our ears. Now he talks about filtering our eyes. Because we naturally go where our eyes go. Uh, Over Christmas, uh, we went, my sister lives in Omaha, and she hosted Christmas this year, and so we drove the eight hours to Omaha, and uh, if I had a dollar for every time Corinne said, keep your eyes on the road, I could retire early. Um, Because... I'm looking here, I'm, oh, look at that, look at that, and where's the, the van's going here and, and here, and, uh, right? And so we go where our eyes go. What, what he's teaching in this proverb is what you spend your time looking at is what fills your heart and what flows out of your life, right? Uh, so what am I looking at? What, where am I, who, who am I watching? When I was uh, younger, in my early 20s, and I was associate pastor, newly, uh, new associate pastor at Pontiac Bible Church, I wanted to be just like Willard Baker. He was an older guy. He was in his 60s. Willard was one of the coolest guys I'd ever met. I mean, he was a great husband. He was a great dad. Uh, he was a great grandpa. He was the kind of guy, you know, he liked to hunt. He liked to fish. He liked to do all that. He was the kind of guy that would, on the weekends, put roofs on widows' houses just because he could and they needed help. You know, he was just a, he was a cool guy. And I wanted to be like Willard, and I was having breakfast with him one day, and I, was, I ordered coffee, and I was putting cream and sugar in my coffee, and he said, oh, you still drink your coffee with training wheels, don't you? That was the last time I ever had cream and sugar, now I drink it black uh, the way it should be drunk. But the point is, I wanted to be like Willard Baker, and I watched him. I watched how he treated his wife. I watched how he interacted with his grandkids. I watched how he treated other people. I watched how he lived out his faith in Christ. And I said, I want to be a husband like him. I want to be a dad like him. Someday I want to be a grandpa like him. I want to be a Christian like him. 
who are you watching, right? What are your eyes looking at? This is the exact thing that Paul was saying in Philippians 3.17. He said, brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Who are you watching in 2023? Are you spending time with people who are living like Jesus? This is the whole point of one, of, one of the major points of gospel communities, that we're getting together consistently so that we can watch how each other live our faith out. So we can grow by example, because the reality is character formation does not happen only through learning more truths to to try to grunt it out in my life. Character formation happens when that truth is lived out in front of me. And when I see Willard Baker living his faith out, that's when my character becomes transformed and, and grows to be more like him or more like Christ. So are you watching the kind of people who are the kind of people you want to become? The people who are like Christ. Is that what you're putting in front of you as the example? Uh, So guard your heart by filtering your ears. Guard your heart by filtering your eyes. And number three, guard your heart by thinking about where you're going. Protect the spring that feeds your life by putting your mind on the path that is right. Ears, eyes, mind. Look at verse 22. For they, meaning his words of wisdom, they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. And then verse 26, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. There is a way of life and healing and a way of death and destruction. There are only two paths in life, the path of life and the path of death. And the words of wisdom from God's word Bring life, but we have to look for them. We have to ponder or think about the path that we're on in life. That word for ponder means to make level. And the idea is level-headed thinking about life. And when we do that, the, the outcome is all your ways will be sure. That means if you're paying attention to the direction that you're headed in life, you'll know when you veer off course. You have to be intentional. You have to live on purpose. If you want to get to your destination, you have to live on purpose and pay attention to the route that you're taking so that you know if you're on the path of life or on the path of death. We can't just sort of wander aimlessly through life or decide what's right and wrong based on our feelings. Well, this feels right to me. Or or, or what society tells us is good and bad, right? Well, everybody else is doing that. must be okay. Stop, come back to God's word. Am I on the path of life or not? We, we always have to come back to scripture, right? Um, case in point, easy example. You can look this up and verify it online. Uh, almost everybody in our society today believes that living together before marriage is a good thing because it helps you see if you're compatible or not. So if you live together before you're married, it will increase your success, uh, your success rate in marriage. That's the conventional way of thinking. But statistically, if you look at, you can verify this, studies show that living together before marriage actually increases your risk of divorce. People who live together before marriage 
have a higher divorce rate than people who don't. And that goes completely opposite to what our culture says is right and what feels right to us. We have to stop and think, am I on the path that leads to Christ and life or am I on the path that leads to death and sin? Am I making the decision that will lead me in the right direction or in the wrong direction? Because what feels right isn't always what's right. And before we make a major decision in life, we need to stop and ponder the path that we're about to take. When you think about things like, should I retire? Should I get married? What school should my kids go to? Um, Where should we live? What house should we buy? All these things. Many different questions, many different considerations, pros and cons, lists and all that stuff. Add to your list of questions to consider what is the spiritual impact this decision will have on me and on those around me. That's a question that, honestly, many of us never really ask. I could take that new job, move my family, get a promotion, have a raise. Lots of good stuff there. What's the spiritual impact that that's going to have on me and on my family? I could date this person. I could say yes. I could put that ring on my finger. What's the spiritual impact that that's going to have on me? and my family, right? That's a question that we need to ask to ponder the path. So let's let's move to the last point. Guard your heart by turning away from sin and toward God. Protect the spring that feeds your life by pointing your feet toward what is right. Back to verse 26, it says, ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left, Turn your foot away from evil. Following Jesus does not happen by accident. We actually have to decide to turn away from sin and turn to Christ. And that's a decision that has to be made every day. That's what Jesus taught in Luke 9.23. He said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. And follow me. I don't know about you. This is often my experience. If this, is, if this is the direction that Jesus is, I'm choosing today to follow Jesus. And then I go to sleep. And when I wake up tomorrow, I'm facing this way. I must have rolled over in my sleep, right? Okay, I've got to choose again today to turn around and follow Jesus today. And I go to sleep and I wake up the next day and I've rolled over again and I'm facing this way again. Every day I have to choose to turn around and follow Christ. That doesn't mean that I have to say the sinner's prayer every day and get saved again every day. It just means that every day if I'm going to follow Jesus, I have to intentionally choose to do that every day. It doesn't happen by accident. It's so easy to wander away from Christ, but you have to actually choose to move in his direction, to follow him. And it's not just an intellectual exercise, but it is actually a physical practice. This is the point in the proverb where our feet hit the pavement. I've talked about your ears. I've talked about your eyes. I've talked about your mind and your thoughts. Now, get up and go walk that way. Go live that way. Go hike that path. Go follow God with your life. Get up and go do it, right? It's a physical practice. I've shared this uh, before. I'll probably share it again. It's worth repeating. 
One of the best children's devotionals that we've ever used with our kids is Love Does for Kids by Bob Goff. Great book, great book. And one of the things that he says in there that has always stuck with me is he says, we stopped having a Bible study and started having a Bible doing. Right? We stopped having a Bible study. We started having a Bible doing. Does that mean we shouldn't study the Bible? No, we should. But if all we do is talk about it, we've missed the point. It's time to point our feet in the right direction and walk and actually do it and and put it into practice. This is how we guard our hearts by tuning our ears into what is right, by focusing our eyes on what is right, by thinking about the path that we're about to take and by pointing our feet towards Christ and taking steps to follow him. And if we do those things, we will keep the source, the spring that feeds our life pure and unpolluted. And, uh, and so that's the wisdom for the new year. Uh, as we start out 2023, the most important thing is to guard your heart. Let's shift gears a little bit and we're going to do communion together. Some people say, we did communion last Sunday. Well, yeah, but it's the first Sunday of the new year. It's the first day of the new year. So let's start this day, this year, by putting Christ at the front and center of our lives. By acknowledging that ultimately Jesus is the source of everything, and of every good thing of our lives itself. Without him, there is no life. Uh, and so as we begin this year, we can take communion as a way of saying, I want to walk the path with Jesus this year. I want to put him front and center. I want to make him the source. I want to make him the foundation. I want to put him rightfully on the throne in my life so that everything else begins to fall into place under the authority and lordship of Christ. That's what following Jesus is all about. That's what communion is all about. The only reason that we can even walk the path of life is because Jesus came and gave his life on the cross. All of us are born on the path of death. And Jesus came and died in our place and resurrected so that he can become the gate. And through him, we step onto the path of life and we can follow him. So let's take communion together, which is a reminder and a symbol of Jesus' death. The bread that we are going to eat is a symbol of his body. The scriptures say that his body was broken for us. So I wonder if we could take this bread and just break it and hear the sound of his body breaking. And let's take this together. The juice that we drink is non-alcoholic. It is a symbol of the blood that Jesus shed for us. It is a reminder that his blood is the source of our life and it's his blood that washes us clean, that purifies our hearts and keeps us uh, unpolluted by sin. Let's drink this blood and remember him. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and the wisdom that you share with us in Proverbs. I confess to you, Lord Jesus, that 
There are times when I don't want to submit my thoughts and ideas to your word. There are times when I want to just figure it out for myself or say, uh, I, know, I know the Bible says this, but... And I, Lord, I confess my own proclivity to do that and I, I just say, would you forgive that? Would you help me to submit my heart, my mind to your word? Would you draw all of us in that? so that we can be the kind of people you created us to be, live the kind of lives you created us to live for the glory of God and the common good. In Jesus' name, amen.